and if lifted up, will draw all kinds of people to himself. The Son of Man. Jesus unpacks to Nicodemus the plan of salvation, the need to repent and be born again by God's grace. So, we can't escape if we neglect Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Lord, the only Savior. It's not only Soa Scriptura, it's Soa Christa. It's Christ alone. It's not Christ and a little bit of what you do to escape purgatory or something else. So here we are in verse 5. And I thought it best just to concentrate on four verses today. The author said, He has not put this world to come, for which we speak under subject to angels. Now a couple of thoughts here. Angels are created beings. They have power. They have intelligence. They're not limited by bodies. They're spiritual beings created by God. But they're limited. And nowhere does Scripture say that any type of lordship is given to them. This world, not now, not in the past, not in this present age, and not to come, is under the dominion of even God's elect, good, wise angels. So let's be clear. The angels are important as ministers of God, but they are not in whom this world and all that's in it have lordship and control. I also want to say Satan does not have lordship of this world. He has usurped power from God in his rebellion. Again, he's a mighty enemy and adversary. And he seems to rule but this author of Hebrews, by the power of the Spirit, 
is nothing more than a fallen, created angel rebelling constantly against God. This world, specifically this world to come, is pointing to the Lordship of the Son of Man. He talks about the Son of Man. He talks about Jesus in this passage. Lordship is given to Christ. Everything will be under His dominion. Now, the author in the next verses from the middle of verse 6 to, through verse 8. He says, One testifies in a certain place. What's he referred to? Did he just make this up? No. By the power of the Spirit, he's quoting Psalm 8, the words inspired by King David a thousand years earlier. The testimony of the scriptures that these Jewish Christians would know and accept as being God's word and therefore be true. He's not quoting from extra-biblical sources or the Apocrypha. It's quoting from Scripture. And what does Scripture say? What is man that you are mindful or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, David speaks very clearly on two levels. He's clearly talking about mankind as created by God. Not like the angels, but different than plants and animals. There's a twofold meeting in this psalm. David is recognizing how God has made the highest part of his creation men and women, mankind, breathe life in the man, made them. In his image. God is mindful. Of his creatures. You take care of him. These sons of men. But there's. Beyond. That basic meaning. The idea. Of a greater. Son of man. So many 
Psalms as that second messianic application beyond just David, beyond mere mankind, beyond just Israel. And he's pointing to the greater son of man. Both his creatures and for a little while his eternal son. The son, Isaiah said, who was given. The child who was born. Both are for a little while. Lower than the angels. So there's this meaning that Jesus takes a place of great humiliation. This exalted, glorious, eternal Son of God willingly by God's plan steps into manhood born of a woman under the law as a mere man, subject to physical needs, suffering, perhaps illness and death. This Son of Man, this Jesus, tempted in all points of the law, but without sin. But you see, again, twofold. He willingly is humbled, subject to human authority, subject to Jewish leaders, Roman kings and governors, subject to a mother and a father. Subject to all of God's law for the sake of the plan of redemption. It's a great humiliation, but it does not give up his divine person. He is always the second person of the triune Godhead. He is always the Son of God. But he takes on the nature of man. A nature lower than angels takes on a nature like us so that he can sympathize with us and deal with our sin and represent our side 
dispute of sin before a holy God. For a little while, the Son of God is humbled. How far did Jesus go from leaving heaven to come to earth? We cannot understand it. But some theologian said, it's like a man becoming a worm that's great. It's tremendous, humbling, but he did it to obey his father, to obey the law of God, and to purchase redemption for these Jewish Christians, and to Gentiles, the gospel, the power of God, and the salvation. He did it for you and me. So he's reminding these people suffering. Look what Jesus did. Keep looking to Jesus, this great Savior. And he continues. You ground him. Glory and honor. Set him over the works of your hands. Put all things in subjection under his feet. Now again, David's alluding to this twofold promise. On one hand, you see here. The dominion given to Adam in the cultural mandate of Genesis 1, 26 and 28, where God says to man, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion over the earth, the birds, the fish, the beast. Man has been given dominion over this world. We are to rule this world, not as kings, but as stewards of all of God's creation. Man in sin has abused that power, thinking, we don't need God. We're greater than God. This world is ours. We can do what we want. Isn't that how man thinks? We have abused the authority. We have been bad stewards thinking we're the kings. 
stewardship of this world was not given to the devil. He thinks he rules. And he even tricks us, tricks man to thinking God's not on his throne. I am. Obey me. So man is doubly deceived, thinking, I can do what I want. There's no king. I'll do what's right in my eyes. Or I'll obey the devil in his ways. God wanted Adam and his descendants to take care of this world to the glory and honor of God. To some point, man has done this well. We have some dominion and control over birds, animals, fish, a little bit over creation. Look how man in his creative thinking has built much of technology and made many good things and many advances in knowledge. But it's limited. It's not infinite. And man, no matter what good he's done, is still fallen. And must submit to the Lordship of Christ. But again, this song, what the author is referring to. Yes, it's not just the dominion of mankind, but there's this greater dominion of this great son of man who's crowned with glory and honor and he is king. Now, this title, the Son of Man, the Jehovah's Witnesses, mock this. See, he's just saying he's just a man born of Mary. Well, they know not the scriptures. This is a title from Daniel 7, 14. I saw one like the ancient of days, the Son of Man, in all glory. This is only the title of the Messiah. And the word Messiah means anointed one. Anointed by the Holy Spirit at his baptism as prophet, priest, and king with glory and honor. 
under his lordship. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the lordship of Jesus Christ one day. Many people read these things and scoff. Where is God? Where is Christ? Didn't he say he's coming back? Where is he? It's 2,021 years. Let's eat, drink, be merry. We, we just die. Death is part of natural life. Grab on all with all the custom. Just live for yourself. There is no God. There is no Christ. Because God in his mercy dares that all his people will hear and come the true salvation of Jew and Gentile and the people of every tribe and every tongue might be represented in that great day spoken of in Revelation. Even in the day of the apostles, people scoffed. And Peter talked about in Second Peter, you scoffers, you're just like the people during Noah's day. Noah, 120 years, building an ark, a huge boat like never seen before. And he, he's preaching righteousness. Noah, where's this rainstorm? Where's this flood? You're a fool. And they kept on living until the rains came. And Peter said, you're a fool to scoff if you think that Christ promised to return on the clouds with a trumpet blast and an angel shout will not one day soon come. Because he's crowned the Son of God with kingship and lordship. Where is he? Today, the bodily, resurrected, ascended Christ at the right hand of his Father. Heaven received back with his glory and honor because his father
was pleased with his sacrifice that propitiated and expiated and atoned for sin. But soon the Father will say to the Son, My Son, it is time to return and fully show your kingship. The author says, all things under subjection on the human level. God gave man authority to have dominion, to rule his earth on his behalf. The greater son of man has greater authority. Nothing not subject. When Jesus returns, all of creation will be put into order. The earth restored. We can't comprehend the details. A new earth and a new heaven. The judgment of the wicked, the judgment of Satan and his minions unto the lake of fire. Everything, the great king, the great ruler, the lowest, lowest human, subject to Christ, the birds. The beast, the world, the heavens, under Christ. Isn't that good? Doesn't that give you great encouragement to know, despite our troubles, despite our leadership, despite our ungodly ways as a nation, as a society, despite the directions moving far from God, Christ is in control. He is saving people, renewing people. He has brought out his spirit. He has given us the word of God as a rule for life and practice. We don't see it all, he says. We don't see it. It seems like Christ is far away. It seems like everything is chaos. Everything is amok. It seems like the world is going to hell in the handbasket. But that natural man left to himself, that man listening to the lies of the devil and not the truth of Christ, the way, the truth, the 
got started. And he, oh Eve, did God really say that? Oh, I don't know. Well, take and eat. Here, Adam, take and eat. They listened to the devil and brought sin to the world. So we don't see the absolute Lordship of Christ. But make it very clear, brothers and sisters, Christ is Lord, not Caesar. Oftentimes, in the first century, Christians were arrested, tortured, at the point of the sword. Is it Kaiser or Christos? Who is Lord? Some recanted. I'll go with Caesar. Many refused and died. Died in the Colosseum under the emperor, under soldiers, because they refuse to say, I recant the Lordship of Christ. This has happened throughout church history in communist countries, socialist countries, other Catholic countries, even under Jews was not not what Paul did till God converted him. It comes down to it. Is Christ your Lord? Or will you turn away to the ways of the world? Please think that for yourself. It's Christ. These Christians, Jewish Christians, scattered, being persecuted, suffering, hardship. Is Christ worth it? He say, Christ is worth it because he's Lord of all. Now, Verse 9, this tremendous change in tone. Don't you love it in Scripture when it often says something negative and then there's this divine, but everything's a mess. We don't see God's substance control. We don't see everything seemingly subject to Christ, but what do we see? We see Jesus. You persecuted, suffering Christians. Life is hard. They beat you. They take your possessions. You might be sick. 
Not only that, but God the Father turned his back on his son for a period of days. The scripture said for three days descended in the Hades or hell. Three days, the grave could not hold him, and the Holy One did not, could not see corruption. For a little while, humbled lower than angels, suffering death. He says, what do you see? We see Jesus crowned with glory, with honor. Where is Jesus? Is he in the grave? Has his body rotten away, corrupted? Peter, John, Mary went to the tomb. Where's the corpse that's supposed to be wrapped up? The angels, he's not here. He's risen. Why are you looking for the, the living among the dead? The angels are watching. It's Jesus ascended with great honor and glory to sit at that divine position of kingship and lordship, glory and honor. He was greatly humiliated. Now he's greatly exalted, the king of kings, the lord of lords. We don't like that sometimes as a man. I don't like having to have a Lord. But Jesus is Lord. Whether we like it or not. The writer says, By the grace of God, all this happened. By grace, God sent his son into the world. He could have turned his back and judged mankind. But by grace, he sent Christ. Humiliated, but now exalted to taste death. Taste death as a legal substitutionary sacrifice for his people. He says for everyone. And I want to take the reformed position that everyone is a particular atonement applied to God's elect because God 
Jesus did not just make it possible that a sinner in his own will might choose or not choose. Jesus purchased and effected salvation. He came to save his people, many people, and everyone, I believe, refers to all of his elect, not one will he lose, not one along the way, like, because life got hard. I don't think Jesus can keep me. No, brothers, sisters, Jesus will finish what he started. So be encouraged. perfect son of man tempted in all points of the law but spotless without sin he sympathizes with our weakness this son of man is he not a leader follow him is he not a shepherd as one of his sheep. Follow your shepherd. Is he not the Lord? The master. Submit to him. Is he not a model? Be your, your example. Paul said. Follow me. As I follow Christ. Is he not the king? Is he not the prophet, the word of God, the truth of God? Is he not the high priest, the atonement, the sacrifice, the mediator, the redeemer, the interceder on his throne who prays for us, his people? Man, don't you think these Jewish Christians that he's writing to are encouraged knowing that Christ cares for them? May that be that way for you. And is not this son of man the conqueror of sin, of death, and of the devil? A pastor who I know of on Facebook named Josh Buse, I don't know him personally, said this about Jesus. Jesus, the Son of Man, greater than the angels, my hope, my joy, my light, my way. My righteousness, my rock, my redeemer, my Lord, my deliverer, my God, my abundant life, my eternal life, my soul.
salt. Look to him constantly, daily. Abide with your Savior. Revelation 3. I stand at the door and knock. It's not a word from Jesus to the unconverted. He's speaking to the Laodiceans, to see in church. If you open the door to me, your Lord and Savior, I'll come in and fellowship with you. Our older brother wants to meet with his little brothers and sisters because we're family and he cares. Pass this message on. Even people passing by might have heard bits and pieces. But preach this. This is Jesus Christ. Lord of the universe. Hope of the world. Amen. Father, thank you for Christ. The author applies the words of David that were applied about man, but greatly applied to the Son of Man. Humiliated, but exalted as King. May we look to Christ for salvation. May we point many other people to Christ.